0: Welcome everybody to the second panel of today's Next Generation Battery Tech uh, Virtual Forum. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking in this session about solid-state batteries. Despite Michael Faraday discovering solid electrolytes in the 1800s, solid-state batteries have long been talked about as playing a key role in electric vehicles. But as the title of this panel suggests, they've been, for so long, a decade away. But now vw is talking about solid state batteries powering cars from 2024 toyota saying 2025 nissan 2028 south korea is investing 15 billion dollars by 2030 to support the development of battery technology including solid state batteries and that's not just one small company remember south korea is home to samsung lg and sk on and as a result of that europe needs to be looking at what it's doing north america needs to be looking at what it's doing If you search for market growth and forecast market value, you'll struggle to find reliable numbers and forecasts that agree, but what you will find is double digit market growth and double digit billion dollar forecasts for market valuations over the next decade. So the question we're looking at today is, what does it take to get solid state batteries from the market, sorry, from the lab and into the market out onto the road? And I'm joined today by two experts in batteries, Kunal Falfa, who's the president of Lime Metal, and Ivan Olivier, who's Research Product Innovation Team Manager at Automotive Cells Company, or ACC. And thank you, Ivan, for stepping in. This was a last-minute addition to this panel, as the previous-named speaker was unable to attend today. But what you'll hear from the panel today is that both of these speakers represent young companies in a burgeoning industry, and both encapsulate the fast-moving nature of battery technology development. We're going to talk today about primarily solid-state battery technology, that's the panel, but since we have two experts with knowledge of all battery technologies, we're going to look at as well at other battery tech and chemistries and position solid-state within the broader battery industry as a whole. So what I'm going to get both panellists to do first is just introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about your company so that we understand where you're coming from. Ivan, do you want to go first?
1: Okay, th- thank you very much. So Yes, I, I do have to apologize on the behalf of my CTO, Philippe Bienzon, who has to excuse himself. And I'm actually reporting to the CEO of ACC, CTO of ACC. My name is Yvon Olivier, and I'm, I'm in charge of research and innovation on the product side within within ACC. So maybe a little bit of background on ACC before I jump in. So take, I'm going to take you through a few minutes of who is ACC. We're roughly a three years old company. Was initiated through a joint venture between Stellantis and Saft, and last year we were the joint venture with uh, with Mercedes. So, let's say a well financed company. The the title ACC is Automotive Self Company. So really, around the focus is on the batteries for the automotive sectors, which uh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's a it's a let's say a substantial portion of the future battery usage. So the company funded the 2020, started in 2020. And basically the, the structure that we have today is we launched R&D center in Bordeaux. And we, we benefited actually of the resources from, from, from SAFT and, and, the, and, the, and the resources from SAFT together with Stellantis. We built subsequently what we call a testing plant, which is a, a giga plant near the R&D center about an hour, an hour drive. And then we basically have our first gigafactory, which will be fully operational for of 2023, which is in a, in the Haut de France, north of France, which will be followed by a gigafactory in Germany, roughly 2025, with about 40 kilo gigawatt hour, and a, a fourth, a third one, which will be in Italy. We. The goal behind those gigafactories, by the way, is to leverage on existing, let's say, facilities that Stellantis had. And we recycle those facilities to to build those gigafactories. So as I said, the first one is is up since a year. And now we're starting to put the equipment inside and, and we start to do some testing.
0: We'll talk about this, I'm sure, Ivan. But
1: what, what will you be making? What battery types or technology? The first battery will be a lithium-ion batteries. So. Right will not yet be at at the solid state, but we do have, and I'll share a little bit later on, we do have in our roadmap solid state as well. So I'm actually Mm -hmm. leading the research and innovation on both lithium ion and solid state. We do have, let's say, a strong vision around the CO2 level, a strong mission around cost focus. We do have quite a a significant growth in headcount. So we are today over 1,500 people. We were basically close to zero. Three years ago so extremely fast track so challenges also in terms of recruitment training etc but happy to continue the, the the discussion and share a bit more background through that so I'll cut here but nice to meet you.
0: Thank you great summary thank you and Kunal we met when you were at the other end of the battery life cycle you were at Lye Cycle a recycling company now at Lye Metal tell us a bit about Lye Metal and what you do there.
2: Yeah, so I joined about eight months ago now as the president to help with the next phase of growth, really. So Lime Metal's been around for about four and a half years, closing in on five, I guess, and and started with this thought of how to tackle the market of, of building value add lithium products, specifically lithium metal, seeing that it'll be needed for new new batteries or next generation batteries like solid state or other. Technologies that will succeed lithium ion. So, the team really focused on developing a process that didn't use lithium chloride, but rather lithium carbonate as a feedstock to produce metal, which we've now done at a bench scale and now at a pilot scale. But then, as we went into the market, well, the team went in the market before I joined to talk to different groups about how they would use this metal in the anode side. It turned out even the anode technology has been underdeveloped. So, traditionally, People have rolled metal anodes, say for primary batteries, which has a lot of limitations in terms of thickness and width to get into an EV format. So, we've adopted a vapor deposition technology to really create ultra thin or thin anodes that will work for these other applications like EV or aviation in the next generation of batteries. So, that's another technology that now we've demonstrated. We're able to provide material quantities, samples. Or, or larger to, to customers, and continue to evolve that business going forward, as groups like Ivan's develop their their batteries. So it's really two different technologies, but really focused on on next generation, which includes solid state. But I like using the term next generation batteries.
0: All right, thank you. Well, I mean, I'm going to come straight in with the first technical question. You raised vapor deposition there. I'd love to hear more about that. Please tell us what that is
2: oh yeah so i mean very simply we probably see vapor deposition in our daily lives the 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 technology is basically to heat up a metal or or a material and and deposit it on another material best example is the inside of a chip bag has that metallic layer that's made through vapor deposition there's much more complicated applications it's used in automotive for various coatings it's used in military applications as well and so our technology development's really been about how do you adapt that for use for using lithium and specifically putting lithium on copper or other substrates we're not necessarily vapor deposition's been around for a while so we're not a machine builder and so that's why some weeks ago we signed a term sheet with a group called mustang vacuum systems which is Mm -hmm. experienced in building the i guess the core of the machine and we can combine our technology with theirs to really deliver solutions to customers Mm -hmm.
0: We just had Barbara from Forge Nano talking about atomic layer deposition. As as somebody who's not an engineer, what are the <laughs> differences, similarities between the two?
2: Yeah, I guess to be fair, I'm not 100% familiar with atomic layer deposition, but I would, just from the name, imagine it's PVD. What we use is physical vapor deposition. It's not too similar. You're applying a thin layer of material. right? Maybe they're doing it at a, a lower level in terms of like atom by atom sort of value, but I'm not too familiar, to be honest, with their technology.
0: Okay. Well, you get the chance to watch the previous presentation that yeah. we posted on the website. So Ivan, can you take us into the, the 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 weeds now of this discussion, which is about solid state battery technology? We're, we're talking about how this is something that for a long time has been at the lower end of tech development, or at least of commercialization and the ability to, to get that product into production and expand it, what are the differences between lithium-ion batteries and solid-state batteries? I mean, broadly, what are the headline differences? And then we need to get technical.
1: Okay. The, I would say the main, main, I don't know how much technical you want, but I assume you, you have basically three major components in the battery, <laughs> the anode, the, the electrolyte in the center, and the, and the cathode. And really, today, the, 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 when we put, I mean, as you have a separator. Today, we put a, a liquid electrolyte within the lithium ion, which basically goes in between the anode and the cathode and, the, and actually also socks the separator. As we move, and, and that electrolyte has a, a lot of, let's say, has some great properties, but also some, some issues in terms of flammability and so on. The goal by moving to a solid state technology is basically to have a solid electrolyte. And probably the first and biggest challenge of the solid state electrolyte and the solid state battery is basically all the sets of different interfaces, because now you move from a liquid to a solid, and that's why you have a profusion of different challenges. You have different types of technologies in terms of that famous electrolyte solid state, and I would say today it could be regrouping it in terms of three major ones between the polymer, between the oxide and between the sulfide technologies, each of them having different benefits in terms of properties, but also some drawbacks. I mean, sulfide, we're talking about H2S it might not be optimal in terms of so each of them have different things. So really major difference is really that. And then actually, while having that technology of solid, uh, you can you can start now to play with also another more another properties and you can adjust what is the current lithium lithium ion technology where you mostly put graphite you can start to put more and more silicon or lithium lithium metals as an example and that will allow you to extract and to go to far higher energy density which is one of the one of the let's say customer customer requirements today so Maybe you can reverse back engineer. Why are we pushing and why are we driving towards solid state? And it's definitely, I would say, the, the major drivers for solid state is you want you want basically to extract far more energy than what you can get today with lithium ion. You want smaller batteries and you want safer batteries. And you expect that through that solid electrolyte to be proven, but it can it can meet those three basically benefits. On top of, of course, the cost. Cost on the car industry, and I'm coming from 20 years of car industry, cost is absolutely paramount for for going and driving, driving the growth of the EV business.
2: Mm. All
0: right. Thank you. Kunal, chime in anytime you like. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts, but first of all, on the, the technology side of things before we get in, and then we'll have a look at the market.
2: Yeah. I've been explained really well that the lithium metal anode helps to drive that energy density, but obviously the safety comes from the the solid electrolyte. But I mean, the ultimate goal, I think, is to get to the solid electrolyte. What we're seeing in the market is you can still pair a lithium metal anode with a liquid electrolyte with existing cathode technologies. And so that's kind of a stepping stone to that. And you get some of the benefits. You maybe don't get the safety benefit from the like you would with solid state, but you do get the energy density starting to creep up. And that's why we're seeing traction and demand for lithium metal anodes. Even if solid state may take a little bit longer, there's sort of this in-between, I would say, lithium ion and and fully solid state battery. And there's also other technologies that can leverage a lithium metal anode like a lithium sulfur. So moving away from the traditional cathodes by which you can that have a sulfur-based cathode and, and really bring down the cost of the battery. But it's really, yeah, either make the battery smaller or extend the range, right? I guess there's two ways you can look at it. But by making the battery smaller with the lithium metal anode, you may increase your material cost of lithium, but the other material costs or intensities come down for the same energy. So there's a bit of a trade-off, but you can get to a a lower cost And that's what I think Ivan also said, automotive is focused on cost. So even with the anode or the metal anode production process, like the PVD, you need to be able to achieve a proper cost profile or economic profile. And that's where also the thinner anodes come in, putting a smaller layer of lithium versus a thicker layer, you're using less lithium to make the anode.
0: Yeah, we're we're talking about electric vehicle batteries, right? Solid state batteries for electric vehicles. And that's, of course, Ivan's core business but perhaps canal can you just talk a little bit about where else solid state batteries are used and where where we can find them at the moment
2: yeah so i mean we've announced publicly we're partnered with blue solutions which is one of the owned by the french conglomerate they're one of the first commercial solid state batteries their main applications in electric buses that's what their current version of solid state batteries that has some limitations on how it operates but also we're seeing let's say next generation batteries really used in aviation, whether it's hybrid electric or eVTOL applications. Something that I think is, from my thought process, a little bit sooner or coming faster than I would have thought before I joined (laughs) Lime Mm. Metal. You thought it was a pie in the sky idea, but when it comes down to the eVTOL is really just an electric helicopter. There's some groups trying to do a double, I guess, technology innovation and make those autonomous. But Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. if you go one step at a time and just replace the helicopter with an electric helicopter, it's feasible. But then of course, safety is really critical up in the air, but also density and mass of the battery. And that's where you see also other innovations, not using copper on the anode side, but other materials to put lithium on that keep bringing the battery weight down. Because you have to lift your own weight in that scenario
0: off the ground. So you don't want the battery to be too heavy. So Ivan, why is solid state battery technology still in such early stages of tech
1: readiness? There's plenty of challenges still. If you look at the story, lithium-ion has many, many years of optimization before it's reached the market. So to, to give a bit of the chance also to the solid state, it's still in these premises, even if we've heard a lot of announcement that it's, mm. going, and that's absolutely correct. That today Bollore is, I would say, one of the unique solution today, really solid state, but has to operate under high temperature, which is which is a challenge. So, what are the challenges? As I said, for me, one of the the main main driver is around the is around the interface, really the interface of this solid electrolyte with the other different components. And solving that interface is, could be a challenge. The stability of the materials, because we're building new materials. So there's a whole challenge around the, the stability of those materials, which subsequently we'll talk about processes. One of the materials that we mentioned is the lithium at, at the anode, the substitution with the lithium anode. The lithium grows. So you also have to cope with the, the growth or some sort of specific pressure on that, on that material. As the electrons and the, the lithium goes from from the anode to the cathode through the charging and discharging process. Coping with that growth is, is also, let's say, a challenge which is less, let's say, noticeable within the, the graphite lithium-ion technologies. Conductivity of the material is also a big change. Actually, again, amazingly, lithium-ion non-solid state has been well optimized for years and is extremely has really great conductive conductivity solid state has some challenges i mentioned also definitely some cost you have also i would say some elements on the batteries that because it's still in the early stage we have to demonstrate what we call durability it's like that the battery can cycle for 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 many many cycles we have data plenty of data on the lithium ion on solid state we don't yet have large batteries, I would say, with huge amount of data as on this one. And I would say processing also, <laughs> processing processability of this material, because it's, we don't yet have large, large quantities of this. So the process has to be optimized for large quantities. And today, if you look at most of the companies, it's still in the early stage of processing. So if lamination, coating, etc., has not yet been fully optimized optimized amounts of cost. So you still have some opportunities in terms of processability. So again, p- p- plenty of challenges. And of course, it has to demonstrate the safety benefit, which is the really one of the ultimate goal of that shifting to solid state. Because if you can demonstrate safety and superior safety while zero issues, then probably what you can start to do within your, your, your car is remove some of the existing safety components that we have within the car which will help which basically are quite cost Mm -hmm. high cost and if you can get very safe batteries then you probably can remove some of those so there's some trade-offs that will be starting to happen
0: in terms of the physical product a a lithium-ion battery pack versus a solid state battery pack at what point in the production of the battery from the very start does a solid state and a lithium-ion battery split? So obviously with lithium-ion batteries, you have cell pouch or cylindrical cells, mm-hmm. which are coils and it is very fine filament of, of cell paper, cell material. Mm-hmm. Already within a solid state battery, you don't have that, right? You have-
1: Actually, not, not 100%. Okay. Depending correct on the me, chemistry, yeah. depending on the chemistry that you select, whether you select sulfide or polymer or oxide, you the process of of building, let's say, a module, mm-hmm. electrodes and the module might not be completely different. Okay. So there's some there's some synergies, but but not all anyway. But you should be able to have, again, the processes and the the, the final packaging processes, whether it's a cylindrical, whether it's this, you should expect far more, let's say, variability and opportunity for breadth of different designs Mm. in the, the, let's say, in the later stages of the process. And and by the way, not to mention that, but there's different processes, even within the lithium-ion technology today. Mm -hmm. And for instance, we have a, a roadmap within ACC where we start with what we call a wet process, where we we basically use some some liquid in the early stages to build the the electrodes, the electrodes, so the, the cathode and the anode that we we combine together. And we are within our roadmap, we are working towards a dry process where you start to to mix the different powders without having to have all those liquids. Let's say. And that you save a huge amount of a cost of drying process. So this technology, that should be also an opportunity within the the, the solid state technology. So there's a breadth of different, let's say, new processes that have to be developed, but you can still have also some synergetic things. But Mm -hmm. still, Mm -hmm. my view is I still expect, again, depending on the chemistry, still quite some adjustments in terms of the, the future giga lines. With right. Potentially far more flexibilities in the future in terms of the design and the shape of those future batteries. I don't know if if Al, you have the same the same view there.
2: Yeah, I think some of the some groups are trying to push drop-in ready replacing different components on the line to reduce cost, but I think all this infrastructure we're seeing go into lithium-ion at some point, if you go to pure solid state, you'd have optimized and improved. I mean, if we look at the anode side graphite's right now done in a coating process and then dried, our process is totally different, right? So you have a totally different anode process if you're using a a lithium metal anode. I know groups, like Avi said, have been working on also this this dry process to get rid of certain materials for for the electrodes. And there's even groups looking at different shapes and sizes of, say, 3D printing batteries. So, you know, how Mm -hmm. you assemble the cell might be might be different as well. So there's a lot of opportunity for change. I mean, when you think about lithium ion batteries invented in the nineties, it's evolved into larger and larger formats. Obviously there's been incremental improvements, but now you can kind of make a step change in this next iteration of battery
0: production. Um, We talked in the previous panel with Barbara about production scrap rates. And one thing that's really challenged the battery industry over the last few years is the the scrap rates of cells during production which have been as high as 30 percent It's coming down now but i wonder if you can talk about the 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 scrap rates from solid state batteries compared to lithium-ion batteries is there is there going to be any difference in that that initial scrap rate (laughs)
1: let's say you are you're really, I mean, the, the GIGA factory is fully operational, q 4 Right. So I don't have yet data for the GIGA yeah. factories. I don't yet have full processes for solid state. So it's still, I would say, very prospective. Right. But what I can say from what some of the discussions, let's say, with different process companies is that definitely there's a, there's a view that we there's an intention, let's say, very strong intention not to have the same level of, of, of scrap rate. And there's also, I would say, with this 10, 15 plus years of knowledge and, and so on and so forth and of equipment, I still think that the trend towards the scrap rate is still going, let's say, the learning curve is, is far, far, far more improving. Digital twins is helping you. Again, we do have on, on the ICC side, the fact that we have a first giga, which allows us to, to qualify all the different equipments. As I said, we have the R&D center, we have the first giga, which is next to it to to qualify the equipments, to qualify the processes, to qualify the chemistries before we, we go for the full giga factory mm-hmm. also helps a lot if you want get all the different let's say fixing fine tuning of the production so that you can you can minimize basically that thing so again with with good that data mining with good ai with pre qualification we we hope to have some very attractive figures but yeah uh, so you can take you can take some of the basic learnings from
0: lithium ion battery production into solid state production and 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 mitigate some of those
1: but but again, we, we have to be cautious that if you had in the middle a, a new a new material and a new process, the equations might have to be mm. revised. Right. So, mm. <laughs> telling you, but but I would say this is definitely part of of the KPI of, a, of the of the of an OEM battery OEM because yeah. at the end of the day, a scribe rate equals a cost that is to be embedded within the cost mm. of the batteries and so on and so forth. So we we have to take this very very carefully.
0: How much is how much is a solid state battery something that's easily producible for a battery manufacturer? So so let's assume that you 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 decide at ACC to go into solid state or when you go into solid state. is that like adding a new product or is it a, a sort of an adaptation of what you already know? How much specialization is required?
1: Uh, adaptations uh, at this stage, based on the different chemistries that we're testing, mm-hmm. is uh, not foreseen. It's far more. It, it's it's far far bigger lips, and you have to really right. consider mm-hmm. additional lines. What I mean by this is just as a simple, not disclosing yet which one will be the the final selected technologies, but and it could be a mix of different technologies. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, uh, for instance, the sulfide technology, sulfide, you need to have a specific room and a specific type of setup to cope with this uh, with the sulfide. Complete different ballpark of a uh, lithium ion technology. So uh, just the setup, just the things of different kind of uh, requirements, and you cannot just assume that it will be a, a marginal or gradual, uh, gradual change. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, by the way, I would say similar if you go for even on lithium-ion batteries, if you go for an LMFP line, or sorry, LFP right. line or NMC line, you do have different characteristics. Mm-hmm. It's not the same line. So usually you don't necessarily have next to each other very different lines, but even within lithium ion, I'm saying there's different there's differences. So I'm expecting a stronger difference as we move to solid state. Mm.
0: And canal, from from your place in the supply chain, what difference does it make whether you're talking to solid-state battery suppliers, lithium-ion battery suppliers?
2: Whatever the technology that people want to use, lithium metal, we're pretty agnostic. So whether it's solid-state, liquid electrolyte, the same technology and process would apply. You may have different shape, not shapes, but sorry, formats in terms of width and thickness of lithium. But it's, it's pretty much the same. Right now we have one machine that we produce from, and we can produce different products for different customers. So in that sense, it's it's flexible. When you go into full-scale production, you would tune the machine specifically for that group's production in terms of the format they want. And the recycling question, try to minimize waste because, again, you still have, you basically have some bare copper on the end. Some of it might be used for tabs, but there'll be some cutting off or people may, just punch the off the sheet, punch out the pieces they need, and then you end up with a a scrap piece of lithium on copper. So you want to design the production process to minimize the scrap.
0: Well, you brought up recycling. Now, I was going to save that till a little later in the conversation. But just before we talk about that, if anybody wants to send in any questions, do feel free to use the Q&A box on the Zoom screen. And we'll, we'll attempt to answer those during the conversation. Kunal, obviously, your background or, or your previous company was a recycling company. What have you been able to bring from the recycling world into the other end of the supply chain? And and at the same time, if you can talk a little bit about how recycling solid state battery might differ or be the same as a lithium-ion battery. Give us some.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned recycling because you mentioned scrap, right? So that's yep. obviously yep. a linkage. But I think... The big difference between, say, lithium ion and, say, solid state using lithium metal anode is that in the lithium ion, the graphite anode is 40% plus or minus of the weight. So you end up in the recycling process or the scrap that you get from a gigafactory. There's a certain stream with a lot of graphite in it that's not really high value or it has to go through the same process, but then maybe he's not even able to get back to a battery product at the end. Now, if you take that same with the solid state, you have a higher concentration of the high value metals. The anode is now about 10% of the weight. So you may actually have a higher concentration of other other materials. Right. So it changes the economics, I think, of, of your recycling in a favorable way. You'll have more lithium units per kilowatt hour, for example. The process may need to be a little bit different it depends on the, the recycler, just from my experience that obviously we now have metal or metallic lithium, which can react with moisture, I guess, when it's say, for example, shredded in the typical process. So there, there may need to be some adaptations, but it's, it's not too different from when we're talking about the production process. The recycling process is not a net new, but it may just be adaptations
0: required. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in terms of using recycled materials in, in a in a solid state battery that those those materials are refined back to battery grade so it makes no difference yeah exactly i mean yeah.
2: the we didn't dive into the process too detail, in too much detail but the metal we produce we can also produce it from technical grade lithium carbonate and convert it to battery grade metal so right we can use recycled and there's recycled copper coming out of not only batteries but others so It shouldn't make a a difference for us. And it's a a feedstock that's possible Mm -hmm. for us.
1: Okay. Ivan, do you want to share a few thoughts on recycling? No, let me jump in on that one, on that topic. One thing regarding processes and and recycling, the, the thing that we have as a challenge today, I would say, and which... Would be the same, I would say, challenge for solid state. Is today we also have a very strong commitment in terms of CO two level reduction. And if you take, because let's let's face it, as we start, we'll probably take equipments. I mean, more and more equipments are available in, let's say, within Europe. But otherwise, we we do source a lot from Asia. Materials also sourced from Asia. More and more now is is getting, let's say, European European based. You cannot just simply apply the, 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 the processes and all the raw material supplies that are coming there and, and achieve a very low CO2. So mm. you have to work with the entire value chain. And even recycling today, a portion, let's say, of the, the black mass will have to go and be shipped to, to other locations. So actually, before you get the raw material right, it probably has done a couple of, <laughs> of world tour before mm. it reaches your plant. So we'll have to find recycle in the right location a proximity to together so it's a, it's quite a challenge let's say especially where the the scale of economy is not yet the volume is not yet there to justify massive amount of recycling facilities so you need to probably support or fund this whole recycling capabilities in the early stages as as the momentum is building up Etc this and the battery is still has a quite a life before it gets into into recycling mechanisms, so it's coming, it's coming. It has to be prepared, and for us, by the way, it's it's part of let's say the DNA of, of ACC to really make sure to be eco conscious, mm. to be PhD focused, etc. So. We do work within the eco conception, or at least we look at it with whenever we we explore different chemistries. But you understand the ecosystem and the challenges is is fairly complex because it's it's multi stakeholders, if you want, kind of system. So we've
0: got we've got a few minutes left, and we need to start looking to the future now. And we've talked about the the, the here and now, and you've alluded to the fact that there will be solid state production in the future what do the timelines look like to get solid state batteries on the road? And where do you think, I guess that's a separate question then, is where do you think solid state batteries will fit into a portfolio of batteries? Will they replace all batteries or will we have different batteries for different applications and also for different vehicle segments and cost segments? Ivan, do you wanna go first?
1: Okay. Solid-state battery is, is is part of the roadmap, a clear part of the roadmap and has been shared of ACC. So we do have a roadmap where beyond, let's say, lithium-ion, which is the, the first, let's say, technologies that we have. So we launch the, with the lithium-ion graphite slash NMC811-like uh, technology. We move towards silicon, a portion of silicon and they are not within the lithium-ion technologies. And then we do have a different uh, kind of uh, performance level we look at low cost as well as high performance so based on customer demand and then the next generation we also move dry process and then the next generation starts to be silicon in the anode with, with mm-hmm. solid electrolyte and then you st- we move towards lithium, lithium metal with, with with solid electrolyte where you can extract nearly a 1,000, thousand, a 1,100 whatever hour per, per liter kind of technologies. Our roadmap is, let's face it, is very strongly driven by, by customer demand, which means our, our, our clients. So if we can accelerate it, if we can get the cost right, the process right, etc., and if we can bring it as fast as possible to, to the market, we will please our customers, etc. Mm-hmm. Having said that, if you look at so and basically from ACC perspective, we work. We have internal development, and we also work with some external startup or the maybe not any more startups. We, we when you look at the at the level of let's say of maturity of those businesses, mm-hmm. but we also work with with some consortiums of, of active materials and so on. So so we have different kind of level of of working and development, and I would say we 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 are trying to be. Following customer demand, we have very cautious in terms of cost and uh, and processes readiness. So it's it's not the immediate time frame of twenty twenty three definitely not. The first right. giga is clearly to but it's definitely should be one of the coming coming giga. Now to give you precise timing, etc., I'll have to ask my CEO. <laughs> but it but it's part of the roadmap. It is definitely part of the roadmap. So. Let's say I don't foresee it in the the too, too, too far future. Right. But as I said, I've articulated earlier all the different challenges that our team has to resolve alone or with some partnerships to try to accelerate the time to market. Canal, you've been nodding along there.
2: Yeah, no, I think nobody has a crystal ball in terms of the timeline. A lot of the market experts, et cetera, show a five to seven year timeline for really getting into the market, but that's not going to be a 100% replacement of lithium ion all of a sudden. I think you have to do the same thing we're doing now scale gigafactories, scale technology, improve Mm. processes. And it gives the flexibility, I think, to offer different performance. And eh, it goes back to the same thing. Like when everyone was talking about LFP versus MMC, it gives you this flexibility. Now you have. Different electrolytes essentially helping you offer different engines, so mm. to speak, like V4, 6, 8. So maybe you offer more range or maybe offer some better performance through this and see what the customers really pay for. But then you also have to build out that whole supply chain that that is needed for this new mm. production. So it's kind of you'll see what's happening now in another 10 years for solid state right right is that
0: retooling or is that brand new facilities remains to be seen yes and those those batteries are never going to come to the market at the lowest price they can be sorry they will be the lowest price they can be they won't be the lowest price they will ultimately be because when you first go into production you've got to recoup costs you've got to make sure that you cover your costs fully at the same time you've got Chinese vehicle manufacturers who at the recent Shanghai Auto Show blew the, blew the show away with low-cost electric vehicles, and that the, the problem we have in Europe and in North America is that electric vehicles are expensive products. They're expensive to buy, and the the range at the moment isn't that great. And the vehicle manufacturers are covering their costs by high-spec, large models that, that unlike. What was on show here the shanghai auto show which was very low cost vehicles and all they need those vehicle manufacturers is lower cost batteries and if those batteries can come down in price those are the products that customers going to want not a more expensive vehicle well sorry in terms of volume not the more expensive vehicle so what threat to solid state batteries is comes from cheaper existing battery technology that's just been brought right down in cost
2: I think it's a different market segment though, right? Right. I I think in Asia also it's different approach, lower range or whatever. But even here, some people might want their commuter car that's cheap and people want their high performance car. So I think all Mm -hmm. of them will kind of coexist. I would take exception to the range isn't that good. I mean, we're fully electric family now. And I mean, there's no problem with the range for your typical driving
0: Oh, sorry. Needs. When I said the range, I meant the product range. I meant the, the Oh, okay. I thought different you meant the I didn't mean the... yes, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay.
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely new vehicles coming at lower lower mm. segments in North America and same within Europe with all the, the IT series from VW and even mm-hmm. GMs bringing lower vehicles. It just takes, takes I think, time and still convincing the consumer. I mean, we all talk about EVs, but we know a lot more about EVs than the general consumer. And right. so it takes a lot of convincing that it's the right choice.
0: Ivan.
1: Thank you. You've said it all. So, some of the chemistry might be, let's say, more cost competitive than than others in terms of the solid state. Definitely, there's some challenges also of lithium metal price. Now, hopefully, it's going down, but so somewhat starting to talk about less type of technologies. They there's definitely going to be a learning curve because, as I said, it's not yet today as a full maturity. So you expect a certain learning curve towards gradually going down the, the solid state price. So probably will hit exactly those premium, those premium segment first, where the customer want more energy density, more safety, more that. And over time, it will be able to reach the mass market as the learning curve starts to do it. So definitely there should be an overlap. And just think about the way GigaFactory operates. I mean, you, you get usually you, you finance a line through a customer project, so the customer will make a commitment in terms of the volume, and it's not an annual volume, but it's usually through the through the life cycle of a model. And so, and so you have your line, which is amortized with these technologies, and you might add more lines as you get more customer projects. And at one stage, you also have some solid state customer projects. Mm-hmm. These different kind of volume. So I, I'm I'm not expecting that all of a sudden you shut down one, you start the other one. Right. There's definitely going to be some amortization effect. But yeah. that's true. the race continues. You see more and more competitiveness also in the in the lithium ion. But I would say mechanically, if you bring it at a water water hour per, per dollars per water hour, whatever, if you are able to bring more energy at one stage and condense it and compact it you should be able to, to bring some sort of cost uh, cost effective. But I would say probably today, the cost is not yet at the level of lithium ion. It still needs some, some time to go. So the question of the panel
0: title is solid state batteries always a decade away. It sounds to me like you're very confident that that's no longer the case, that in the next few years, we'll see solid state battery vehicles on the road with your products in.
1: My conviction is that, yes, the question would be also, is it pure solid state or is it some sort of intermediate state? And then we start to talk about, let's say, semi-solid. That could be an interesting, probably, initial step if you can help demonstrate quite a lot of different elements of technologies, et cetera, before it gets pure. But if it's not pure, it might not have all the benefits, et cetera, but could start to Captures some of the initial benefits, but it's coming. Okay, definitely coming. Interesting. Thank you, Ivan
0: Kunal. Some final words from you?
2: Yeah, no, I would agree with Ivan. I think he described the ACC roadmap. I think several companies have a similar stepwise approach, and in those intermediate steps, Ivan mentioned silicon. You can also already implement the metal anode, but it's not going to happen overnight. But I think there's now there's a momentum behind the industry in general, and there's momentum behind having technical innovation as well. And, and so I think it'll come. It's not that technology that will never come.
0: <laughs> Great. That's a really good good line to end on. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you, kunal both for sharing your insight today. Everybody who's watching can check this and all the other sessions out on the Climate Transformed website. They'll be made available in the next few days for you to watch on demand. And with that, I'll draw this to a close. Thanks very much, both.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.